One, two, ten. You're listening to the Claim the Throne broadcast, coming on you with insights into what it's really like to be in a do-it-yourself metal band in 2015. Who is it? You're listening to the Claim of Throne Blodgecast with Cabra and Ash. Thanks for tuning in and thanks to Ash for just repeating what was exactly on the intro. Claim the Throne, who are playing 31st of July in Perth for their 10-year anniversary gig and do have some tour dates coming up very soon. So keep an eye on claimthrone.com and facebook.com slash claimthrone and twitter.com slash fucking ctt underscore au. What's cracking, Ash? I feel like I don't even want to ask you how you're going and we should just get straight into it. I've got a question for you, Cabba. Me. With music marketing, <laughs> if I'm just starting out for the first time, what are some of the elementary ideas I should be utilising? Fuck off. I just told you what my topic was going to be. And uh, before I do get started, I'd like to send a big thanks out to uh, Nettie Noodle for uh, playing me in online Yahtzee <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> You're dominating me so far, but I'll, I'll catch up soon. Thanks for that. And uh, if anyone wants to find me on online Yahtzee, search The Brownest Raider. <laughs> the brownest raider. Yeah, not just brown. Oh, I don't even know. Yasi's probably different. I was For just going to music market. <laughs> fucking talk about a couple of uh, very, very basic beginner marketing theories slash concepts and relate them to the music biz a little bit. If you're happy for me to go ahead with that today, Ash. Yep, happy as Larry. Um. And yeah, I don't like to go on about too much marketing on this show or make it specifically about calling it marketing and whatnot. Um, because I like to think that a lot of you out there are very, uh, very creative people with drive just to make music and not to worry about, you know, selling X amount of CDs or fucking getting heaps of people listening to your shit. I don't know. But, uh, but marketing is a big worldwide thing. Worldwide? Just a wide thing where it's uh you know not necessarily about selling as many albums as you can or uh just being a pansy or a nerd it's um it, it can be it can be anything i won't go on about some big convoluted definition but i always like to start by thinking of the actual word itself uh, referring to the word market in marketing so go back and picture a market in uh, many aeons ago where you'd have all these little butchers and bakers and candlestick makers around in the in the market, and uh, and what they would do to get people to come into their store, what they would uh, decide to sell, how much they'd sell all their shit for, what they would do if another candlestick maker came into the town, how would they uh, differentiate themselves from, from the other candlestick maker, <laughs> and uh, and and what if there was no um, shoe repair guy, someone would have to pop on onto the into the market and set that up uh, and maybe they could charge a lot of money until the other little shoe repair man comes along and starts charging a cheaper price and stealing all his fucking business. So the market, marketing can even be things like if you want to, you know, you're in, you're a bedroom warrior, you're strumming by yourself, making all these hell grim, awesome songs, but you do want to uh, get a couple of other people to jam with you. So how are you going to go meet other musicians? You need to find the exact right people uh, to play with, not uh, not some sellouts that you're going to get from ads on Facebook. You need to think of other ways to do it. So maybe it's going into your local store, putting up a little flyer with tags that you can rip off with your phone number on, um, and then you're going to attract the right people. So that's what it's about. Actually, that does give me an analogy of, uh, of you grim black metal people. What about the Seinfeld episode, The Soup Nazi? <laughs> he loves selling soup, just like you guys love playing black metal. Uh, and he doesn't even care about the money if you don't order correctly. 
he'll kick you out of the line and give you your money back and tell you to get out of there because all he wants to really attract is um is the people that really love the soup for what it is. And they're not going to go bragging about the soup. They're not going to play up or anything. Um, but he wants to find those exact people. So even though he probably thinks marketing's for figs, he, uh, he does need to know how to attract the exact target market that he wants to find. How's that introduction, Ash? That was just the intro, by the way. Note to self, edit this next bit out. All right, so I'll go through maybe two very, very beginner little ideas of marketing. The first one being the SWOT analysis, S-W-O-T, which stands for Strengths, Weaknesses, Opportunities, and Threats. So uh, as a musician, before you start your band, if you're so inclined, you can think about these things and, uh, and think about what you want to start out and how uh, you're going to plan going ahead. Uh, so for Strengths, for example, you'd go, hmm, I'm a really good drummer like Ash. So let's play some fast stuff because I can keep in time a lot. I can do blast beats and I can do some sick fills. So we're going to incorporate some uh, some technical death metal into our tunes and we're going to do that. And another strength is I have Cabba in my band who's a marketing extraordinaire. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to come up with some spun out little conceptual album and also write a novel and uh and we're going to angle it that way but our weaknesses are <laughs> our weaknesses are that cab is not that good at guitar he's okay but as much as we want to be winter sun we're not going to try and do that too much because uh it's just going to make us sound shit so let's just find exactly what we're good at there and uh and make that work together uh, in business, obviously, they'll do that differently. Their strengths might be their products and their weaknesses might be the products that they don't have or whatever you want to think about there. But uh, but you can definitely relate those things to music for sure. And then you've got your opportunities and your threats. So your opportunity as Claim the Throne starting out 10 years ago is that there's no other folk metal bands in Australia. Opportunity number one. So jump on that bandwagon right there. Not that you're in it for uh, for those reasons when you're playing music for the love of it, but... I am. Um, but you know how it is. If if there's too many bands playing one certain genre, why why jump onto the same genre? And that's going to be your threat. Your threat is that there's too many bands playing metalcore. So let's not bother trying to break into that market because it's already been oversaturated. Um, so quit Discord and mm. join Claim the Throne. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So the SWOT analysis, strength, weaknesses, opportunity, threats, consider it for your band. Cool. And... Uh Piece of advice number two. Piece of, oh, not even advice. Or concept number two. Or whatever, the, whatever it is. Number two, uh, the four Ps of marketing. And that is product, price, place, and promotion. You know that one? I know that one because ECU Mount Lawley made mm. me learn it for an advertising um, test I had to do. Yeah. Which I passed but didn't <laughs> know the four Ps. I think I've heard penguins. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sharing that one with us. <laughs> anyway, the four Ps. Yeah, so let's go through them. Product, it's not always just the physical product, but it is the most important part of any sort of marketing before you go and try and add 10 billion people to your Facebook page and uh, try and invite more than 600 people to your Facebook event, which is now the limit, by the way. You cannot invite more than 600 people to your event, so get some friends that you can ask to invite for you. Believe me, Cab has tried every single thing we've ever done. <laughs> before you do any of that, get a top quality product however 
product doesn't always mean a CD or merchandise. It can also be an intangible thing like your live show. Live performance is a product. So make sure it's up to scratch before you move on further. Obviously, you can play heaps of gigs and be shit at first and then keep working through it until you um, get really good at it. And then you can start moving on and start thinking about the other stuff. But get a fucking awesome product, you dickheads. Next, price. This is an interesting one because you can... Uh, Say that again. You sound like me on the last podcast. Imagine if you had two candlestick makers in the same market <laughs> and one guy is selling his candles for $10 and one guy is selling his candles for $20. Places some sort of conundrum in the market because people are, you're going to get your people who are thinking 10 bucks for the same candle. Fuck yeah, I'll go and buy that straight out. Same as at the merch stand. You might have uh, all the bands with... The same price merch, but then one band has dropped theirs by 5% or something, $5 cheaper or whatever, and they're price matching, and then so they sell heaps more because it's cheaper. However, people might go $20 candles. They must be really, really good candles, uh, so they must be better quality. They're going to last me longer, and there's a perception that they're going to be much better, so people are willing to spend that extra on the candles so that they can tell their friend, look how much fucking better my candle is than yours. So think about that when you're selling your CDs as well. You don't want to make them too cheap because people assume that you have a really crappy product, but you don't want them too expensive because you don't want to rip cunts off. Same as your live show, you know, $10 entry to a local gig is wicked and that's your product. They're paying $10. They're going to watch you play, but not too cheap because then people will just assume it's going to be a crappy gig. Charge what you're worth. La last P. There's two more. Place. And that's all about distribution of your product. Uh, so if it's your live show, it's going to be the venue. Um, if it's your CD, you want to have it in as many places as you can most of the time. Uh, but you do want to think about it. You do want to be strategic about it. You want it to be in places that are going to be worth your while, uh, where the appropriate target market are going to find your products uh, and where you're going to uh, profit as much as you can, really. You don't want to have them all in JB Hi-Fi's because you might, might not make so much money, but you do want to get the extra exposure. So therefore, it's probably still a good move. Uh, if you're running out of places to stock your product, start a podcast where people can uh, tune in and our product is the podcast, which is priced at free. <laughs> and the uh, and the places everywhere in the world you can find this podcast at claimthethrone.net. So thanks for tuning in. <laughs> but think outside of the square and um, yeah, get some, some places where you can distribute your stuff. Uh, might be... <clears throat> Online, it might be in the shops, it might be at European festival stalls. Think crazy. And last one, promotion. And this is one that we could go on forever and we've probably touched on in every single episode of the Claim the Throne podcast. Um, but just be, I don't know, just go all out, promote the crap out of yourself, but do uh, do bear in mind um, the perception that you're going to uh, put out to people. So don't look like sellouts or anything and do bear in mind the branding of your band, the image that you want to give out uh, and the reputation that you want to have. Yeah, I'll think of some things as we go. I'm too drunk now. Me too. Uh, the fifth P is actually the P imprinted on the bottom of this glass, mm. if you can see it. I can see that P, yeah. That means please refill. We either have a break now or my friend Time goes and gets another beer for me from downstairs. P for pause. Okay, the last number six P is pause. Right, and the eighth P for poor cunt. Speaking of the devil, here is Ashley Large with his segment this evening. Okay, segment of the week. It's time for crabs. Look, I'm going to ask you some questions about Let's marketing. Chat. yeah. 
So I've been thinking about this a hell of a lot. Mm. Not really at all, but for the sake of the podcast. A lot of bands that I know from Perth, and our band included, we're in the 10th year of Claim the Throne at the moment. We are soon, yeah. I've joined probably just under halfway through that 10-year period. (laughs) Period. The fifth (laughs) B. Yeah, and I basically thought that a lot of bands are putting eggs all in one basket, and that seems to be the way it was, especially in the early days for me in the Perth music scene and indeed around the country. Recently, I've seen, without mentioning any names, I'm leaving this band after almost 10 years at the helm as a whatever in the band. You know, I really want to move forward and people are like, oh, you did the right thing. It's like, if your band wasn't really going too much further out of your hometown, then does it matter so much? Mm. I don't mind sitting around. For me, doing Claim of Throne is something that is really fun and I enjoy what we're getting out of it. But at the same time, if it wasn't satisfying me personally, I probably would leave. But also, everyone in the band is happy to give everyone else in the band a shot to do something else. For instance, Jim's on tour right now as we speak with Disentomb in the States. Um, Entrails, Eradicated, his other band, has also done you know, national and international touring before. Wild Claim of Thrones had stuff on. and So you're saying that he's spreading his eggs across multiple baskets. Yeah, yeah. So, so not just all of those eggs in one basket. And like you say, you know, you didn't say it at all. It's, it's one of those things where I haven't thought this through too much. but So is it a good thing to spread your eggs? Yeah. Or a bad I, thing? There's two ways of looking at it. Marketing and being a musician. Ooh. For the most part, we get into music because we like it. Whereas on the other side of the fence, it might be you want, it, you want music to be your job and you want one of your bands to take off and to be rich and famous and successful. Mm. So keeping all your eggs in one basket, that basically says that that band has to be the one that makes it Mm -hmm. or that band has to be the one thing that satisfies Mm. you. Let's pretend you're a human being and have multiple interests and things that uh, make you like a subject. So for instance, music, you might like several genres. Why stick to one? Mm -hmm. Why don't you spread your eggs around (laughs) a little bit? You know, and the the guy that likes listening to Albert King playing the blues might join a blues band as well as being in a death metal band or something like Mm -hmm. that. And yeah, it's good to just do a little bit more than one thing. And the upside of that is that maybe one of those bands might take off. It might not be the one that you think or the one that you hoped would connect with people, but maybe it works out for you. But you have an egg that will flourish. Yeah, you have an egg that... Properly incubated will hatch into a little hatchling rather than just being fried in the pan of the music scene, music industry. Uh, Yeah. I think it is very uh, each to their own. Uh, So you've got to think about it in your own uh, scenario. Um, And I always think of the the analogy of people say, you know, uh, the fisherman in the boat throwing out all his fucking lines. The more lines he throws out, the better chance he's got of catching a fish. But you do have to have enough fishermen in the boat to reel in the fish if they come onto one of the other lines that you can't reach because you're only one person and you've got all these fucking eggs in all these baskets. You've got to be able to sit on all the eggs. So if something something comes up, you've got to be ready to uh, to drop all the other eggs and grab it by the nurries. And also um, there's the, the, the thing where people say, you know, you're a jack of all trades but a master at none. So... For some people, you need to put all your focus into one uh, one basket and uh, have a really high-quality, free-range egg. 
but for other people that if they can multitask or if you've got the time to um to allocate your creative energies across multiple baskets then fucking by all means you'd be crazy not to do that um and depends what your goals are and what you want to achieve out in music and uh, and uh giving birth to eggs we've said it before set your goals mm. <laughs> uh and you might even like several different instruments too like some guys are wicked at drums they're good at bass and good at guitar you know, why not give it a shot? You might have other mates where they require one of your skills and another band requires the other. And, you know, I think you should just spread your eggs around and just... <laughs> so rather... So, okay, if if I'm uh, hearing you correctly, and I think that I am, um, <clears throat> you, you would see some, some bands just lingering on in their hometowns, never getting anywhere. They're not... It's not like they're not talented musicians on... They don't have potential or anything like that, but they're just hanging on to this basket of old shitty old eggs rather than spreading their seed a bit. Yeah, yeah. And that sounds like quite a critical thing of particular bands on the scene. But realistically, it's like some bits of music don't hit the mark. But think about what you listen to and what you maybe grew up listening to. Do you still listen to that music now? Is it the latest trend on the market? Was friggin' Skrillex around when you were a kid, your favourite mm. band Skrillex? They weren't. It was something else. So maybe you were obsessed with Body Jar and every now and again you bust out one of their albums mm. or perhaps Ammonia. And, um, Body Jar and Ammonia. Let's listen to them tonight. Yeah, and, and maybe you want to play some sort of you know, 90s mm. alternative rock from time to time, but do you need to join a band these days just to try and get, use the four Ps and, and get on the scene and do some gigs and sell some albums and stuff like maybe that's not applicable to you and it's perfectly fine to think that you can do several things and you don't expect all of them or any of them to actually turn into a hobby because mm. music's a million to one thing million, million to, to one, one duck. duck yeah <laughs> one of my um fifth p's is pennywise and i've always <laughs> enjoyed them thoroughly and i've always thought about how i'd love to start a punk band and write some punk music and i've experimented with some punk sometimes and written the occasional riff and whatever, but, and, um, you know, as, as much as I had was serious about it at the time and had every intention to, to follow it, I just got too sidetracked by doing the number one priority, which is, uh, yours truly, Trouble Sucks. <laughs> and here we are today on the 7th P podcast. So what about you, Ash? Tell us about your, uh, your history with this, uh, basket of eggs. Subject. Well, my basket of eggs has always been a basket of eggs. Starting my friend Time here um, doing Monchies back in the fucking 90s or whatever. And obviously Leaky Family was a, was a big hit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in other bands at the same time. Do you think you could multitask efficiently and give multiple bands your 100%? Yeah, that's the trick. Because if, if you've got all these shitty bands that don't have their 100% effort by every member, then maybe none of the eggs are going to hatch. That's true. And again, that's about managing expectations. What do you want out of these things? Sometimes you really have to go the extra mile, um, use the extra egg, as it were. So let's just pretend you're in some sort of a market and you've um, <laughs> the lights are out, so you've lit a candle and you're walking down and there's some, there's some butchers and bakers in, around and you spy a guy selling eggs. You're selling these fucking eggs and there's all these, like, the, the craze at the time is candles. And you go, well, this fuck. This is so shit. If I ran both an egg store and also a candlestick making store, 
would I have a better chance of taking <clears throat> off or would I be better if I focus just on the eggs and just keep fucking punching away at the eggs, really try to nail the egg market? Or do I open all these stores and try to be creative, have my own butcher, my own fucking bakery? Do I be <laughs> a musician or do I be an author and write a book? In Clayton Throne's case, we did both and failed Lately, at both. <laughs> what about Lewis Rando, who's been interviewed on the Claim the Throne podcast at claimthethrone.net? Good and example. He uh, has, I don't know, at least 25 to 30 baskets of eggs. He's done extremely well, but he obviously is focused on only a, a couple that are his major ones, I guess. Um, oh, let's just throw some names out there like the Fuhrer or Impiety, I guess, at this point would be his major ones. But he's got all these baskets going around to keep him just going. I mean, he. Not everyone is going to have as much time as he happens to be able to pull out of a day out of his a-hole and lay some eggs. But perhaps if you had that many baskets, you can be practicing your instrument a lot more. You can be really improving in one basket and the other basket you, you're doing your creativity and you're doing your writing. Uh, See, and the, the reason <laughs> this podcast isn't working is because you keep referring to eggs and baskets. Sorry, I don't mean to be talking about eggs. Then, of course, there's going to be a certain amount you're boiling, poaching and frying and... Um, and perhaps you're using them in a cake from time to time, mm. which which might represent writing, which Claim of Throne did on their first album <laughs> where he wrote a book. <laughs> End of conversation. Album of the week. So what have you been listening to this week? What's your album of the week? Meshuggah Chaosphere. Get out of here. Yeah, it's been fucking really good, eh? I just wanted um a CD for the car and I was looking for something heavy, which I don't have a whole lot of anymore because, I don't know, I've been thinking about the four p's too much but i do have uh yeah a few sugar cds there and i haven't listened to them in many many years and thoroughly enjoy that album it gives me the biggest stiffy and i still remember a lot of the lyrics from back in the day when i would learn lyrics of songs like gone are the days where you can sit down and listen to a cd and read along with the booklet just lie mm. in bed and don't do don't, no distractions hold the booklet and listen to the music through your cd player did you ever learn any sugar? On guitar? Yeah. New Millennium, New Millennium Sinai Christ a little bit, but Why not, did you pick that pro- one? Oh, because it was a popular one at the time. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, also Soul Burn of Destroy Rays Improved and the first song off that album, whatever it is. Okay. But I would never pull it off properly. Yeah. The reason I ask is because a lot of drummers say they like, they've been jamming Meshuggah recently and they're, and I wonder why you'd why sit <laughs> out why you'd want to actually learn a Meshuggah song on drums like they're so insanely look they're tech as fuck if I could play my technique it would definitely destroy yeah. a race and then improve yeah. but I don't know it just seems like not anything like the music that I play sure yeah so why would I really want to look into something that like wildly complex. I enjoy listening to it because I just enjoy it for what it is and it's not something that I would try and do. Like if I listen to the latest, I don't know, folk metal album of some sort now, I can't. I listen to it and I'm like, oh, maybe I should be doing something like this or I can learn that or I can do Claim the Throne like this. But something like Meshuggah, I can just enjoy it for what it is and not try and think of how I can one-up it or anything. Mm. Just just enjoy it and headbang. Yeah, I guess. It uh-huh. is interesting. What... Like, we've already done an album of the week for you, but what are your five top songs of all time that you thought you just simply had to learn on guitar? By my sugar? <clears throat> <laughs> By any egg. Oh, I don't know. I'd have to think about that in advance. I couldn't really give you an answer straight out, to be honest. 
It would give us give us one or two. Crimson Just Ace, uh, Body Jars cover of um, Hazy Shade of Winter. Hazy Shade of Winter by Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, probably Sudakura Pendragon's Fall. Good song. Perhaps Ensephirum's Iron. Perhaps uh, or most of At the Gate songs. Dissection, most of Dissection songs. And perhaps some early winter sun or something as a, a, a goal to strive towards and a lot more stuff, I guess. And you? Now, mostly Nirvana when I was a kid, but I also really wanted to learn, let's say, the guitar lead to Master of Puppets when I was a kid. That bit. Did you ever learn it? Uh, yeah, I did. And cool. I can currently play it. Thank fuck. Thanks, That's Rob awesome. Apiro from Bunbury Catholic College uh, <laughs> for teaching me that one. Um. I also liked Bastard Chain by Oh, Soilwork. that's a good one, yeah. Me yeah. too. That's probably really the only s- quote-unquote sweep that I ever learnt. Yeah, it's a nice one, isn't it? It's quite easy and it's, uh, it's as for As for drums, though, probably, um, yeah, probably Tool, some sort of a Tool song. Mm. Maybe... Um, that's another one. I mean, an example where it's a band that you don't have to try and be, you just enjoy it for what it is. Even, I mean, Tool's probably my favourite band ever, but I'm never going to try and make some like post-rock fucking alternative band, whatever they do. Speaking of the Boatman of Glenn Carrig. Yeah, um, most anticipated album coming out. Oh, I have the boat of the Glenn Carrig. Oh, the Boatman of the Glenn <laughs> Carrig. Whatever, I've had a few fucking Victoria bitters. Oh, really? I hadn't noticed. Fucking yeah. P for pissed. <laughs> um, C for why. Mm. Uh, Can you just give us your album of the week already? Horrendous Ek Dices. It's probably super trendy to like that album, but what I don't it? even know. It's some band, man, mm. and it sounds really, uh, really old, but it was 2014, I believe. Wow. But yeah, it sounds like sort of 90s death metal. Cool. It's, but 90s melodic death metal. It's, mm. pretty, it's pretty awesome Where sounding. I think they're just from the States, man. Just the States. Um, Just Ace. Right. So, I don't know, but it's something worth listening to. Where'd you hear to about that? Oh, I was looking up something about metal production and found out, you know, there's this movement of people like rejecting digital recording and modern mm. sounding metal. So they go and record with vintage gear or make it sound like it was recorded on a, like a really small budget, basically. Wow. Which is kind of cool. And it's just something different. It's nice to have these sort of kicks up the butthole that your music doesn't have to sound as produced as the popular metal on mm. radio at the moment. You know, some albums sound so insanely huge, it feels like you never get a break from them. <laughs> Whereas you listen to Blood Sugar Sex Magic, mm. which I do most days. The first B. And yeah, the first B, <laughs> Pepper. <laughs> you know, John Frusciante was one of my favorite guitarists when I grew up. But if you listen to that album, I don't even, like he's barely there on it. It's all bass and kick drum. Yep. So it's just cool to, to realize that shit isn't always, like doesn't always have to be completely smashed into your skull in order to like something mm-hmm. you can be a little bit more dynamic and a bit more subtle that's that's my p of the week <laughs> do you mind if i talk about marketing again quickly i'd love you to the fifth p perception have you ever listened to cattle decapitation before i have once at 78 records i always had always had this idea that i'd never liked them but i'd actually never heard them before i've just found out but i just had this perception that they were really shit like gay metalcore because of the bands that they would tour with. You'd see their name on tour posters with, 
your job for a Cowboys and whatnot. So I just assumed that was some crappy ass metalcore that I would definitely hate. Um, and they, you know, they made a point about being vegans or whatever they do. And so I just assumed it's in that hardcore scene. I probably won't really enjoy it. Maybe that's because I'm an ignorant asshole. I think they're vegans. Yeah, I think so. Not that I really give a crap, but that just just my perception of their the branding that they have would make me think that they just play crappy metalcore that I would hate. So you liked them. Along came uh, Lachlan Watt from Three uh, Hours of Power, whatever that thing's called, Full Metal Racket on Triple J. And because he's in that position, I gave him some sort of credit if he's going to play some shit, you know, see what it's like. He played um. Yeah, a few new songs off their latest album. And I was like, whoa, man, this is fucking amazing. Never heard the band before. But he said, I'll put some cattle decapitation on. I was like, I do not like that band. It will be shit. Put it on. It was nothing like I thought it would possibly be. So also, most anticipated album, the new cattle decapitation, which I think comes out next week or something. Cabot decapitation. Mm. Anyway, anything else to add before we get That's into it? One fucking weird episode, but let's get some more interviews and shit happening soon, eh? Yeah, I think I'm going to have to edit a lot of this. You are no longer listening to the Planet Throne Vlogcast. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week. Seeking a relic upon the mountainside And forward unto the valley of kings we ride For countless nights we have searched these lands with courage and in pride And forward unto the valley of kings we ride Sing the birds from beyond the trees He must search high and low Hey! Hey! Danger doth approach us But we shall fight and never hide And forward to the valley of kings we ride Many soldiers have crossed these lands Yet many soldiers have died But in strength we ride Unto the valley of kings And dream for an innocent pathway But if Harold likes we will stay and fight There dwells a relic of prosperous fortunes Sing the birds from beyond the trees Hello The relic has appeared beneath the leaves Whoa, 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 whoa.